yo happy new year everyone welcome to episode 18 of underrated underdogs this is your host Olapo coming at you in virtual studio today we've got gin and juice and we've got brandon gin how are you doing today bro doing well doing well um sucks that the boys lost um but then again uh you know we need a new kicker uh because uh griggs airline is a bum <laughs> nothing about your offense Nope, nope. See, if you would have made that, you know, uh, field goal, um, you know, we, we could have been tied. We could have had a chance. But no, break the leg, might as well chop up his leg. Jesus Christ. That's, uh, that's, that's hella deep. Brandon, how you doing, man? You want people to chop up their legs too, or are you good? Uh, no, I'm good. Patriots cr- clinched the playoff berth, so. Nice. Hey, and, uh, and Jen, how about you, you take us through our best for last week, man? How do you do? Uh, we did all right. <clears throat> um, you know, we did hit a couple of uh, same game parlays. Um, you know, uh, especially in that high offense uh, Kansas City game. Um, you know, overall did pretty well, and uh, we're just exploring some new options into uh, NBA same game parlays. Yeah, and you know, right now you are biting a thousand on that NBA uh, NBA parlay. I know you, you put in one for tonight. That is going pretty awesome. As usual, if you want to get uh, get your hands on ours on our parlays or on our bets on, on those premium bets make sure you follow us on instagram at underrated ftfw once again on instagram underrated ftfw to get our premium bets <clears throat> um but that aside let's get into some some nfl topics here uh first one the biggest news of this weekend just it was involving antonio brown and the bucks uh, mostly antonio brown really um pretty much stunned off the field in I don't even know what like what words you used to describe this, um, but had a, a disagreement, I guess, with, with with the coaches or with some personnel, with some staff personnel. Um, ended up taking up taking off his clothes, his helmet, everything. It, well, not everything, but his his entire upper body was exposed. He threw everything, his gloves and his inner shirts, into the stands and walked off into the into the locker room, waved goodbye to the fans. Um, the Bucks have since said he was cut, but then have uncut him. Um, Brandon, what do you make of this whole situation with Antonio Browns and the Bucks? Uh, I have no idea what to make of it. And once again, Antonio Brown is in the headlines for something absolutely hilarious. Um, it was probably one of the funnier displays I've seen on a game. Um, and I, I think it's the most scenic thing we've seen in an NFL game. Um, but I'm having trouble getting a story like for anybody that's been following the NFL and the reports coming from it. Like there's so many different stories floating around that you don't know what to make of it. And so I've got three of them, which I think kind of sum up most of the reports. It's like the first one was he was injured. Then the Bucks wanted him to play and he refused because he was injured. Like I can't do it anymore, but they were trying to force him to play. Um, and one of the quotes being thrown around is Buck's, Buck's staff saying, if you can't play, that's it, you're cut. And so he left. And that's one report. If that is true, it's fucked up. Uh, the second one was the team was trying to get him to go on the field because, again, if you've been following, you know he had three bonuses on the line for the year, totaling up to a million dollars um, that was based on yards, touchdowns, and receptions, I believe, Um and 
he couldn't play because of injury, but the team was encouraging him to get on the field because they wanted him to get the bonus. I'm inclined to believe that that's more the case because B.A. and Tom Brady did the same thing for him last year. It was like the last game of the season. He was a couple yards shy of his bonus, and they force-fed him the ball to make sure he got his bonus. So the likelihood of them wanting him to earn that money, probably true again this year. Um, And then the third one, which is a little bit different, was he was upset because he wasn't getting the most targets, um, made some sort of remark to Tom Brady, kind of pissed Brady off and then the team wouldn't put him in, but he wanted to go in. So I don't know what to believe because you've got, he was injured and couldn't go in. The team was forcing him to go in, but then you've also got, he wanted to go in, but the team wouldn't put him in. So I'm not entirely sure what to make of the situation. Um, Like I said, I, I do believe that if he could play, the team would play him because last year they wanted him to get his bonuses. So it doesn't make sense why they'd be a complete 180 and all of a sudden try to hold him back from getting that. They tried to do it last year. Um, Tom Brady and BA, like it's not their money. So they're going to force the team to get the bonuses. Obviously that helps team morale. And if you're going into the playoffs, you know, a bunch of bonuses make you feel pretty good, pretty confident. Um, So I don't know what to make of it. The problem AB has is his past. No one is going to believe that he was the victim in this situation because of his past. So whatever story is true, whatever's going on, it it doesn't look good for him because his past plays in. So you have this buildup of shit capped off by him parading around the field with his shirt off and leaving, essentially getting cut, even though not officially Um, like, I don't think he'll play again. Who's going to want that in their locker room? I I don't think anybody will. Um, so, like I said, there's three stories that I know of. I don't know what to believe, but regardless of which, this is this is probably the end of his NFL career. Mm. Jen, how about you? Which which of these stories do you believe, and what what do you think this this means for for the rest of AB's career? You know, I think AB still have a shot. <laughs> um, I think the Bucks are trying to, you know, they're trying to get AB, you know, some sort into like a mental institution, you know, kind of, you know, making sure that, you know, hey, he's just, you know, having a mental breakdown, everything seems fine, you know, and they'll stash him until the playoff starts. So probably this week, next week, um, you know, they won't cut him because, you know, they, they know that he's still a weapon and he's still talented enough. Um, you know, under heavy guard by Tom Brady, maybe sleep in Tom Brady's basements again um, so that they can reach to, you know, to the championship, to the Super Bowl, um, just because they're they're running really thin um, when it comes to playmakers um, for Tom Brady. And that's one thing that Tom Brady really wanted is, um, you know, playmakers. And I think Tom Brady is eventually going to decide on whether the Bucks cut AB or not, um, but he's gonna he's gonna say goodbye to those bonuses. Um, obviously, for a man that made eighty five million dollars throughout his career just in football, right, that's that's chump change to him. Um, you know, he makes more on anything else. Uh, you know, within a month than that uh, off of social media and such. So I think you know, Tom Brady's gonna have the. Tom Brady's going to decide whether he wants AB back or uh, the Bucks are going to cut him. But I think 
this is just a tantrum tantrum. You know, I see we seen it at Oakland, we seen it at the Steelers. Um, obviously, New England was a different story, um, but I think AB still have a shot um, overall in playing this league because there is going to be a desperate team that's going to be looking for his talent. Brandon, if if, um, if Tom Brady is going to get you know a final say or at least a huge say in this, do you think he'll bring he'll want uh, to bring AB back, or do you think he's he's also done with it? I think it would depend. Um, I think this year. Antonio Brown has done things that Tom Brady would consider not for the team. Uh, we talked about it with the fake vaccination card. Um, and now again with walking out on the team, everybody knows Tom Brady cares about rings. Uh, especially he's obviously way past his, what we thought would be the end of his career. Um, and rings are the only thing he cares about. And so if you are hurting the team in any way or not helping the team, then that doesn't make a good case for him to have your back on the football field. Um, I do know that he does like Antonio Brown like as a friend. So um, what he chooses to do off the field might be a bit different than what he chooses to do on the field. I would say if anybody's going to give him a chance, it's Brady. Yeah. I mean, at some point, something has to give with this guy. Like it's, it's like it's situation after situation and it, it never seems to like these things don't happen to, to everyone else in the league way like oh maybe, maybe it's it's this this and this other person's problem it's it's always a b um or at least he's always in the middle of it so um i don't know how many more chances this guy has left um tom brady as you said must love this guy as a friend or at least just really love his talent because i don't see how anyone goes to bat for anyone else this much if he don't just absolutely love the person because yeah, I'd, I'd have a tough time stepping up for anyone this many times in this short a period of time as well. Um, but let's move on from, from AB to another wide receiver who is breaking records. This time, let's talk about Jamar Chase. Uh, the Bengals wide, wide receiver broke Justin Jefferson's rookie wide receiver yards record on Sunday. Uh, he finished Sunday's game with 266 yards, which put him at a total of 1,429 for the season. Um, so obviously an amazing rookie campaign for him. Um, and obviously these aren't just empty yards. As they're coming in wins that the Bengals are now, you know, 10 and 6 with the best record in the, in the AFC North. Um, so Jenna, I want to come to you here. What have you been impressed with the most about Yamar Chase's rookie campaign? I think it's his, his connection with Burrow. Um, you know, there has been, you know, many moments where Gerbo just says, fuck it chases down there somewhere and he just throws up the ball and he goes up and make a play um and i think um you know there's definitely that connection it's kind of like Devonte adams and uh aaron Rodgers. and also i'm just gonna go ahead and shout out to myself because i told brandon to draft chase uh in his fantasy football league and uh, it turned out to be one of the best weapons uh that uh brandon has had on his fantasy team um, but, you know, he has an immense amount of talent and, uh, and I think, you know, they're going to be, they're going to be a great duel, um, you know, in Cincinnati. And I think Cincinnati needs to focus more on how to make sure Burrow doesn't, you know, get his head taken off, uh, in the season coming up, um, and protect him, uh, as long as he's protected, that connection will never end. Brendan, what has impressed you the most about, uh, Jamar Chase? Um, 
before I talk about that, did you know Joe Burrow is the number one sacked quarterback by far? Um, he's been sacked 51 times this year, Jesus which Christ. is wild. Uh, so, I mean, for him to be putting up those types of numbers and Jamar Chase to be putting up those types of numbers, and he's still the most sacked by a long shot um, is pretty crazy. But like taking a step back, look at what we've seen the last couple of years in the NFL. Last year, Justin Jefferson broke the rookie wide receiver yards record, and then it got broken again by Jamar Chase. And he did it with one game left. So everything now is just setting a higher bar for the next person to come by. Um, and I know sometime in the future, somebody is going to say that he had an extra game to do it, but he did it with one game left. So he did it in 16 games. Um, so he is obviously an amazing receiver. I think him and Joe Burrow, you're right, Jim, the connection between the two of them is going to be fantastic for the next decade or so that we get to watch them in the AFC North. Um, I do feel bad for the AFC North teams that have to deal with that duo, especially when you have Pittsburgh losing a quarterback. Um, neither one of us really believe that the Ravens have uh, a top 10 quarterback and the Browns are the Browns. Um, so I, I think we might have a clear ruler. What, what are you shaking your head at? Wait, you said the Ravens don't have a top 10 quarterback? Jin, do you want to back me up here or, uh, am I alone? Am I alone? No, no, I think, uh, I think, uh, Huntley is pretty much the same quarterback um as lamar and uh and i think lamar is you know he's not going to get his new contract extension or he's not going to get a lucrative one because he just his backup just proven that any sort of run play pass um, qb can be in uh, hardball system and uh, and be succeed there we go continuing on back to jamar chase um look in the preseason people were worried about his drops if you look at his stats for the year, his average depth of target, his catch rate, how many drops he has, like he does have, I think, I think the most drops, I want to say. Um, but he's also being asked to do a lot more than any of the other rookies in his class. Like his average depth of target is almost double anybody else in the rookie class. So he's being asked to be the deep threat early on, whereas other rookie wide receivers are not being asked to do the same thing. They're being asked to catch inside passes, cuts, slants, whatever, um, that just aren't as deep of pass. So he's getting tougher contested catches. And so, yes, he's going to have more drops. He's going to make rookie mistakes. But his numbers are still on par with, like, Mike Evans and Hop this year. And those, like, you wouldn't say those guys are having a bad year, obviously. So... The fact that as a rookie, he's being asked to do things that veteran contested catch players do and doing them well is crazy. And I think we're just going to get to see more of that as he develops. Mm. Um, actually, I have a follow-up question for, for both of you here. What, what do you make of his chance, or what do you think his chances are of winning um, Offensive Rookie of the Year this year? Don't do that to me. <laughs> I, th I think he has, a, he has a very good shot of winning the offensive rookie of the year. I know, I know, Brandon is on Mac Jones, but Mac Jones looked terrible at times, and you know, and it's not really helping him out that he's stomping out, you know, the Jags without throwing a bunch of TDs. You know, they're just focused more on the run game. I think, <clears throat> I think Chase is going to be the offensive rookie of the year. 
Should we have a bet on it? Mac Jones or Chase? <laughs> Ask me when there's one game left in this season. <laughs> Come on. Should be clay cut at this point. Damn. No. I don't know. Um, I think he has good odds. I haven't looked at the updated odds. Usually it's something I look at at the beginning of the week. Um, I would still say Mac Jones. And a part of that is because even when Justin Jefferson broke the record last year, Justin Herbert still won it. Um, And so offensive rookie of the year is always leaned towards a quarterback's award. Yeah, but we all know that the league absolutely hates Bill Belichick. Um, so at the same time, Justin Herbert is, you know, last year Justin Herbert was great because he was on a team that was essentially pretty shit, but he stand out out of everybody. But if you look at the New England team overall this year, you guys are more focused on defense and, you know, it's build more around the defense than than Mac Jones going out there trying to, you know, put himself out there and trying to win the game every single game. I don't know. I still give the edge to a quarterback. I know he hasn't been spectacular. He's not a highlight reel, obviously. Um, But regardless of which, he's still quarterbacking a team that has more wins than they expected to have this year. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, let's move on from from the you know offensive rookie of the year to the to the MVP. With one one week left in the NFL regular season, I think it's uh, it's about time we, we actually discuss the, the MVP trophy. Um, the two front runners right now, Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers, two old heads that still dominates in the game. Um, at this point, I don't even know which would be more impressive: Aaron Rodgers winning back to back MVPs at age thirty eight, or Tom at age forty four. Actually, I think it might just be Tom at age forty four because that's ridiculous um but obviously there can only be one mvp um brandon who do you have winning that mvp tom Aaron, or do you see someone else taking that it is a hard argument to argue against aaron Rodgers the way he's been playing um but i want to go with tom brady i always want to go with tom brady you look behind me his his jersey's literally right there um it, it's like pretty much neck and neck, like pick your stats and it's pretty much even on who's ahead. Uh, Aaron Rodgers has obviously had a better touchdown to interception ratio at 35 to four. Um, he's got a, like their distant, their air distance is relatively the same ratio for the yards. Um, he's just got a higher overall QBR realistically. So, which means he's, he's played better. Um, Tom Brady obviously has about a thousand more yards, but if you look at the attempts, he's got a shitload more attempts. Um, so like pick your stat. They're both, you can make a good case for both. Um, I would say it's hard to make an argument against Aaron Rodgers. I hope Tom Brady wins it at 44 because I love Tom Brady and it would be sweet to have a 44 year old quarterback win MVP. Jin, would you, which of these old heads do you think is going to, to win this MVP award? I think it's going to be Aaron Rodgers for sure. Um, you know, it's just, He's going to be back-to-back, obviously, but at the same time, his overall play, you know, besides that game in the beginning of the year uh, where they were depleted, um, otherwise, you know, he looked great. Tom Brady almost got beaten by the Jets last week. So Mm -hmm. that's definitely going to take in some kind of considerations and as well as, 
it seems like the league just absolutely hates Tom. Um, and plus, with this whole AB situation that's going on right now, it does not good, look good for, for Tom to, to win. I would say the only thing I would have against Rodgers has nothing to do with his on the field. Obviously, his off-the-field COVID issues or COVID vaccination issues, I should say, uh, caused a huge media stir. But that's not related to on the field. Um, the other thing is Tom Brady is 487 yards away from breaking Peyton Manning's single-season pass yards record. Um and they play the Panthers this weekend. So I would bet that they are going to throw the ball a lot more heavily than they have in the past weeks. <clears throat> Sorry. So he can try to beat that record. And if he beats that record, I do think he would have a stronger shot than he has right now. Um, but 487 yards is a lot. I just think being as close as they are, he's going to get a lot more pass attempts this week coming up so if he breaks the record i think he might uh he might edge aaron out jen over under 487 for uh for tom brady this week that's gonna be a tough one um just because it's it's tom you, you don't know what's gonna happen um and also it just seems like it's just it's gonna be kind of all over the place this week but like Okay, if you had to take the over-under on pass attempts, you'd probably take the over because it's likely the kind of coach that B.A. is that if he needs 487 yards, he's going to get him that. He's playing the Panthers. It's not whether he can do it like because we know he can do it. Like Tom Brady is capable of throwing 487 yards in a game, but obviously any given Sunday, anything can happen. Yeah, yeah but at the same time, you got to think about resting Tom this week. So I think Tom might be on a pitch count this week um, because just based off of, you know, like they want to be fresh for the playoffs. They they are going to, you know, obviously they're going to play at home most likely. Um, but at the same time, um, you know, want to give Tom maybe like a, a break of sorts this week as well. Mm. Yeah. I mean, this, this, uh, this, this MVP conversation is really, really interesting leading to the end of the season. It's going to be fun to, to watch these guys try to, you know, put a put the, the final touch in what has been an amazing season for both of them. Um, and honestly, I think I would lean more towards Aaron at this point. Uh, but I don't get a vote, so who, who really cares? <laughs> I would too. But if back in 2016, when all of the media was calling for Tom Brady retire, if I told you that in 2022, the MVP fight would be 44-year-old Tom Brady versus 38-year-old Aaron Rodgers, you'd probably think I was insane. Yeah, I would have 100% thought you were insane to think that a 44-year-old had a chance in the NFL. Like, just, no. I, like I don't think anyone would have would have imagined Tom playing this long at that point. Aside from Tom, of course. <laughs> um, but yeah, sticking with the with the last week, the, there's uh, there's some fun matchups in the in the NFL. Obviously, the last week always brings out some some fun matchups as teams are fighting and clawing their way, or at least trying to fight and claw their way into a playoff spot. Um, two teams that will be duking it out. For that final playoff spot would be the Chargers and the Raiders. Both teams have a nine and seven record, so whoever wins this game gets the 
gets the, the final playoff spot there. Um, this game will be Sunday night's primetime game with obviously huge playoff implications. Um, a win, like as I said, a win here would get would, would pretty much guarantee one team out and one team in. Um, Brandon, who is going to win this game? Uh, I saw a really weird stat when I was trying to look for information on this game, and it was like the Chargers are 0-2 when they are the betting favorites on the road. Um, so if you're ESPN. into those kinds oh. of deep stats, like the ESPN <laughs> deep stat styles, then like maybe that's interesting to you. Maybe you think that there's some sort of karma there where the betting odds actually mean something going into a game. Um, but I think... I think the Chargers are going to win. I hope the Chargers win because I reneged on a bet for the Raiders to get in the playoffs, and this is essentially a playing game. The winner of this, the winner of this game, barring an extenuating circumstance that I'll detail later, um, will make it into the playoffs. And the Chargers are the favorites at minus one thirty-five or minus two and a half point spread. I just think this is going to be an offensive showdown. Uh, the rankings on defense are 23rd and 13th. Um, so I think this is going to come down to Derek Carr versus Justin Herbert, and I am going to put my confidence in Justin Herbert. Mm. Jen, who are you picking for this one? Chargers or Raiders? I, I definitely think Chargers are going to are gonna win this game. Um, you know, I think uh, – you know, with the whole distraction of the DUIs from the Raiders and everything like that, I think that's just going to be a huge distraction um, at this point. I mean, like, it just seems like there needs to be, like, a, a DUI checkpoint at the game for all the Raiders players when they drive in. Just breathalyze all of them, and uh, it's going to be, you know, like a COVID outbreak kind of thing where they're going to have to inactivate, like, 40 players. Um but overall, I think, you know, the distractions are definitely getting to the Raiders. Um, and uh, and Derek Carr knows that his only trick in the world is to throw up balls to get passing interference. And I think that, you know, it seems like, you know, the leagues are getting more wiser to that. Um, the only thing that concerns me is that the, the Chargers defense kind of suck. Um, but then again, you do have... You do have Justin Herbert uh, under under center, um, so I think he's definitely going to try to make some plays and get into the uh, into the playoffs. And uh, and yeah, I mean, thank God Brandon bought out his Popeyes bed because if Raiders would have won, I would have had to eat a whole dozen of biscuits. Well, see, I I I'm I go for the underdog. You see, see what I did there with the underrated underdogs. God damn, I'm good. <laughs> But I, I really just want I want the Razors to win just just because of Brandon's Popeyes bet. You backed out, and I want you to to watch them win and realize that you ate those Popeyes biscuits in vain. When you could have when you could have watched Jen just choke on some biscuits, man. Um, but for for our final topic here, Brandon, you're just going to walk us through the rest of the playoff scenarios because these are long. So keep your Keep your headphones on and like just just try to write this down and, and make sense of it. Brandon, go. Yeah, I mean, for those that are paying attention this weekend, it's crazy that we're going into week 18 and there are so many scenarios still up for grabs. Um, I feel like more so than other years, there's just a lot of different seating issues and getting in, getting out of playoff issues. 
um, to pay attention to. So, I mean, if you're listening this far, might as well keep your headphones on. We'll just run through them. In the AFC, the number one seed is still up in the air. Um, they're like extenuating circumstances for it to happen. Um, basically, if the Titans win, they get it because they hold all the tiebreakers. And the Titans play the Texans this weekend. So the likelihood is that the Texans will get it. That being said, the teams that are involved in the number one seed race are the Bengals, the Bills, the Chiefs, the Patriots, and obviously the Titans. Now, basically, if one of those teams wins and the rest of them lose, that team takes the number one seed. Does that make sense? So far, yes. Yeah, okay. So there's still like a decently large variance for who could take the number one seed. Now, obviously, that all matters on the Titans and the Texans game, and let's not put too much faith in the Texans for beating the Titans. Um, and I don't think the Titans will sit a lot of people, especially if the buy is on the line. Like how much are you willing to risk? How valuable is that buy? Especially when it's right there. The chiefs have held it for the last couple of years. You could take it this year. Um, so that pretty much takes the number one seed, the AFC East still up for grabs. If both teams win, so the Bills and the Patriots, if both teams win, the Bills win. Um, if Buffalo loses and Patriots win, Patriots win the AFC East, and if both lose, the Bills still win. But it's still up for grabs. Um, that being said, the Bills play the Jets. Um, so again, not expecting Buffalo to go out and lose that game. Um, expecting them to go out and win, especially because... They don't have a lot of time to rest players, um, especially if the division lead is up for grabs. Um, so pending any miracles, Patriots could still win the division. Not really expecting it. Um, the Steelers still stand a chance to make it into the playoffs. However, uh, they have to win. Uh, Indy has to lose to the Jags. Um, and in Las Vegas and the Chargers can't end in a tie. Um the likelihood of Las Vegas and LA ending in a tie is pretty low, but Indy losing to the Jags, tough sell. Um, on the Steelers note also, uh, TJ Watt has 21 and a half sacks. The single season record is 22 and a half. Um, they play the Ravens this weekend, but he basically needs one and a half sacks on record to break the single season record, which is pretty cool. Um, and then, like we talked about before, Las Vegas and the Chargers is a play-in game, um, unless the Jags beat the Colts again. If this game, if the Jags beat the Colts, and this game ends in a tie, Las Vegas and LA Chargers, then Las Vegas and LA would move into the playoff spots together, and the Colts would be out. <laughs> <laughs> so, if the Jags beat the Colts at one o'clock, there is no incentive for either team to play essentially mm. uh, because they could just boring, like they could essentially force a tie uh, and then they would both end up in the playoffs, which would be hilarious. hilarious. <laughs> now I wouldn't put a lot of stock in the Jags beating the Colts. That being said, the Colts and the Jags are in the same division, uh, which means they play one home game and one away game every year. The Colts have not beat the Jags in Jacksonville since 2014. And they play in Jacksonville against the Jags once a year. Mm. So another weird fact to consider, but 
this weekend is still pretty strange. Like we're going into the last weekend of the year and there's still a lot of shit up for grabs, especially yeah. in the AFC. So those are all the scenarios. Um, the NFC is not as exciting. It's a little bit more tight. Um, but basically the NFC West is still up for grabs. Uh, Arizona, Arizona takes the title if they win and the Rams lose. Uh, Rams take the title if they win. Um, the Rams play the 49ers and Arizona play Seattle. So they both stand a chance to win that game. Um, and then the Saints. If the Rams beat the 49ers and the Saints win against the Falcons, the Saints are in the playoffs. So essentially for the 49ers to keep their playoff spot, they have to beat the Rams or New England has or New Orleans has to lose to the Falcons. But if the Saints beat the Falcons, they take the 49ers playoff spot. Yeah, that was that was a lot. And thank thank you for putting all that together because I would have lost patience. Like, yeah, thank you for doing that. Um, that brings us to the to the end of our topics for today. Do you guys have anything that you wanted to add on last second? I will take that silence as a no. But as I said earlier, Happy New Year, everyone. Hope 2022 brings you all the amazing things that you, you dream about. Um, we will be back next week with another episode of, of Underrated Underdogs. Until then, make sure you subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Hit that subscribe button on YouTube as well and follow us on Instagram at underratedftfw. I have something I totally forgot. Spotify now has a rating system, which is a new feature. So... If you're liking the show and you're listening this far, subscribe and leave us a five-star review on Spotify because that's a new feature and we want to show up on other people's algorithm. Yeah, so help us out there as well. And we'll be back next week. Until then, let me know if you can see my screen.